How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. We appreciate your support. You can find our children's stories, exclusive tutorials, live Q&As, and more benefits on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren or by visiting our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today. Good morning, Silka. Good morning, too. We're going to be talking about transitions today and how storytelling can help our children navigate some of the changes that we, we have in our days. Before I do that, I want to remind our listeners that you can submit ideas and topics to us through our website, howtotellstoriestochildren.com. We really do appreciate hearing from you. So the subject of transitions has come up and how sometimes it can be really hard for children to change activities. And we see this at pickup at school. Um, it might be the end of a play date. It might be mealtime. It can be bedtime going to grandma and grandpa's, coming back. There's a lot of times in a child's life when transitions can be difficult. And I think that as parents and as teachers, we've all encountered that. And Silka, you've had some ideas about how storytelling can help ease those transitions. And so, yeah, I'm just going to invite you to share your thoughts at this point. Thank you for asking. I'll go back to my 30 years of teaching little ones. And over that time, seeing these young children between three and six years old, having challenges to say goodbye to the parent who drops them off. And at the same time, the whole group is arriving and feeling this helplessness that comes up sometimes for us as adults, whether it's the teacher or the parent. Now we need to make it right for this little being. So what I learned was to find out what, what is it something that interests the child, that I could easily create through the story actually a little bit of distraction. And that means shift the focus, shift the focus from the separation to the story. Hmm. And so I had this little boy who he loved airplanes. And um, his mom had shared that with me because we had for maybe a few weeks challenges in her departing. And I'm like, what does he really like? And she said, he likes airplanes. And so as she gives me the child and he's still sobbing and doesn't want to let her go, I'm like, oh, Let's go on an airplane ride together. How about you and I? We're going to fly and we can fly all the way to Africa where the elephants are. Wouldn't that be exciting? 
and then we're going to fly back home. And there, oh, look, in Africa, there is a plant. At that point, I have the child in my arms and I pretended we're flying. I, I told him, well, Mama took a flight too. She flew somewhere else. But we're all going to come and land back together here in the afternoon. And every morning when the boy came, he actually started to like, expect that I would go with him on this airplane ride and every day the story changed a little bit but it was always we're gonna go and fly and there came this time when he was looking forward to it and I could tell there was still like a little bit the behavior that said I have a hard time but I felt at that point the behavior was really there so I would still fly with him and that became actually our story of the airplane we would fly to a distant land and explore the room also having a girl that loved music and had a hard time transitioning and so i would say well the music fairies they are living over there in the basket let's go and see and it would help the mother to see that i connected with the child that i had found a story that i did not say well we must say goodbye now. But then I brought in the story. The story actually brought release to the parent as well as to the child. So with this girl, I went to the music basket and I'm like, oh, these fairies, they're so happy that you were able to say goodbye today. Look, they put a little chime in here and they would love for you to wake up all the dolls in the doll corner. Sometimes the story can go on longer, but it can also be short. And so as a teacher, you may only have a short time because other kids are coming in. But as a parent, if you can, you know, have that time to make the story a little bit longer, it could be really helpful. Okay. What I get out of that is that storytelling helps shift our focus. I think this is a really interesting aspect of storytelling, and it comes up in so many ways. When a child is saying goodbye to their mother, if we allow the focus to stay on that goodbye, it can bring up anxiety and difficulty in that moment. I think a lot of parents try to ease those transitions with treats, but by sharing a story and Giving the child something else, it grabs their attention and brings it to something else, something that is joyful, something that we're connecting with. And it allows a child's mind and emotions to let go and make that shift. So I'm going to return once more to the kindergarten. So these children have been integrated into the day. They have managed to say goodbye. Now they're in play. And they are, again, really engaged in play. And I can see how joyful they are. And uh, I now foresee that the next transition is coming. Clean up time because we're going to get ready for morning snack. And as I see this transition coming up, I see that potentially that could become a, a challenging point for a group of children to move through. So what I do is I use the story of the dusty gnome who helps us to clean. And I would say actually about five minutes before cleanup time, 
I see Dusty Gnome is coming over the mountain. It will still take him a little bit to get here. And when I say that, the children know it's almost time to clean up, so they can internally prepare themselves to come to closure with their play. Because they are so deeply involved in play that for me to say time to clean up would be too abrupt. It wouldn't allow them to arrive at cleanup time. There would be among a group of children, there's usually someone who's like, no, I'm not ready. I want to play or I didn't get anything out. I didn't make a mess. But Dusty Gnome, actually, he comes over the mountain. And then in about two minutes time, I say, oh, I see he's coming closer. And by the time he's at the door, I start singing. Right. And so I sing the little song of the gnome who is coming to help us to clean our room. And he sees that, oh, there's somebody who is in the block corner and somebody who knows how to fold the scarves. And he also sees that somebody might need a little extra help. And he would be so happy to help. And again, it's the there is not so much the pressure who is doing what. There is a story around it. Mm-hmm. Even in even in bringing many kids together in helping together. Now, if I was at home as a mama or dad, and I would have to clean up, and I'm like, okay, I have to get going soon. Probably also I could call on Dusty Gnome as well. Oh. I called on Dusty Gnome to help us clean our room because we have to go to pick up Big Brother from school. And today we need all of the help we can get. Otherwise, we won't be ready in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes it can be very hard for children to leave school and to want to go back in the car. And... Some sometimes sometimes those scenes can be excruciating for parents and other kids who are witnessing the tantrums that can arise in those moments. And I think those are also moments where a well-placed story can make a difference. So many times I've seen parents who who arrive, and of course they often are chatting with other parents and then like, okay, we're gonna go, we're going in a minute, but they know that 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 mom or dad doesn't exactly mean that. It means, you know, a minute doesn't mean a minute. And I, I wonder if you have a, a, an idea for a story that can help smooth that transition. How can a parent who's arriving and maybe picking up their child kind of entice them into that change and transition, offer them something exciting to look forward to that is not just, you know, a candy? Well. We talked in our book about being present and how being present is so vital for storytelling. Sometimes what I realized at pickup time in schools, parents are not yet fully present. We're still sometimes still in the car, finishing our last text, doing our last email. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, so in our mind, we're still with the technological information that we all received, then we're aware of the time, all of a sudden there's other people who might want to talk, oh, there is Daddy Johnny, I haven't seen him in a while. But there is the child, 
and the child actually can pick up if the parent is really truly intentionally coming, arriving and is present. Mm-hmm. And maybe the child has distractions, maybe the child is so involved with all her friends or doesn't want to leave school and has a real reason to want to have a play date. But those are aspects to take into consideration. Now, a good thing to do is before arrival and pickup, center yourself, be in the car for a minute, take some deep breath, say, I'm going to let go of my electronic world. I'm going to be present for my child right now. I walk with the intention to see you just like on that day when you were born and I'm going to be so excited. And now when the story element comes in, perhaps I prepared my child in the morning for pickup time because I know sometimes it can be difficult. And maybe in the morning I started to tell the story about uh, Brownie the bear who had walked all the way over the mountain. And when he came over the mountain, he met this hummingbird. And the hummingbird said, oh, I'm going to have such a great day today. And Brownie says, well, tell me what's going to be so great about your day. And the hummingbird says, well, I can't tell you yet because first I have to live my day. But I tell you, if you come back this afternoon at three o'clock, I will tell you. (laughs) Now, when you pick up your child, if you'd say, oh, Brownie the bear is so excited. He can't wait to hear what Hummingbird has to tell him. Mm. And then your story continues on the way home. And so in that moment, your story actually expanded from the morning to the afternoon and actually gave both of you, your child and you, a container. And in that container, the story unfolded. For the child, it was the story of school. For you, it was the story about your work. And perhaps that hummingbird had an imaginary story of that giant it met that was wearing a flower crown and was wearing a hula skirt and was dancing on top of the mountain. It was so funny. Yeah, okay. I think that's really helpful. Because there's no substitute for presence. There's no substitute for fully showing up for them. When somebody is available to you, it's just magnificent, right? And if you have a couple little stories, little tricks up your sleeve, it's a way to say, mm, I've arrived. And, and there's that real connection. It it, it can be so helpful to a child who is buzzing with all their internal energy from the day because, of course, they've done so many different things and yet they want to see their friends and they're running over here because, you know, whatever. And, and so it's a way to show your child that you're present with them. And I think, too, the story might help us as adults not to go right away to, what did you do today? Mm -hmm. Because we go so quickly to that, what do you do today? What do you have to show for? What can you show me? Rather than, I see you. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's you. Oh, look, I see such a sparkle in your eye. Wonder if you had a beautiful day today. 
and maybe that quality of the day and then if you pick up and maybe you see sadness in your child's eyes maybe your child had a fight with the best friend or didn't get to have the swing it wanted to have and then you can take that as the adult into the story well you know you didn't get to have that swing well let me tell you about brownie the bear well what he heard from hummingbird was that there was a fight among some hummingbirds because there was this one precious flower and all these hummingbirds wanted to go to it at once but they couldn't and they even got into an argument and now you're shifting you're taking actually what the child is showing you through her sadness and you turn it again into a story and that story becomes like a blanket that you wrap around your child and gives your child a message I know that was a difficult situation. Okay. Something that I'm hearing in all of this is that we're trying to bring something new into our child's life in this transition rather than bringing an end to something else. I'm not here because school ended. I'm here to see you and let me tell you this special thing I heard about. And we can see that in all sorts of transitions like you know, bedtime, which can be challenging, maybe even mealtime, which can be challenging. If a child is really engaged in their play, it can be very difficult to kind of extract them. We can do it physically, we can put the stuff away, but the extraction that we're interested in here is that mental, emotional, imaginary space. How do you lovingly pull a child away from what they're engaged in without closing the door. I think what we're getting at here is, is storytelling can be very effective because it's not, look, I'm here to end what you're doing and you're engaged in. Instead, I'm showing up with something new that's going to move us in this new direction. And that it's that mental engagement that, that engagement of our imagination, especially in children, that is so, um, I want to use the word intoxicating, because when, we've, when we have that, when we have the story of like, why I need to put things away so that I can get ready for bed, because that's where I'm going to hear this new story. I'm going to learn this new thing. It opens the door rather than closes the door. Right. And I think what comes up too is rhythm and routine. So my dusty gnome, he comes every day into my kindergarten. So at one point, all I have to do is I sing my song. And even if it's just the melody, it's not even the words anymore. It's like, I'm at a little dusty gnome. He said it's time to clean our home. And if they just hear the melody, and it's actually interesting because sometimes I had children that were ready for cleanup and they would start singing the songs <laughs> and others would start to clean up. And I'm like, mm, actually, that wasn't Dusty Gnome. That was just a little magpie coming by to tell you to clean up. That's fine. Um, but also dinner, you know, having a bell. And when you hear the fairy bell, can be a little tiny bell or a big bell. It's on the table when you hear it once or twice or three times. Then you know that um, 
you know, then we're about ready to have dinner. And um, when dinner is ready, then you get to light a candle, for example. Uh, but we can only light that candle when everyone is sitting down. And uh, we're going to call the, the fairies of the, the fire fairies. So again, here is the fire fairy. Oh, but today the fire fairy had to wait so long that she, she walked away. So my little match might be hiding under my napkin. So if a child isn't immediately responding, again, I can turn it into a story that helps the child to remember the next day. Oh, the fire fairy flew away yesterday and we couldn't light the candle. Make sure that today when we hear the bell, we, we come on time so the fire fairy doesn't fly away. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get to light that match. Right. Yeah. So again, to build on it, you have something to fall back on. And the story can grow. It's going to grow big when it's like a special holiday. It's your birthday. It's uh, Easter. And the story can aid you also when it's a hard day, when something happened that was unforeseen and is difficult. Especially during COVID times, let's say you ran into your best friend, but then you're told, well, no hugs, for example. And for a small child, that can be very devastating, you know. But I wanted to give my friend a hug. And I'm so sad about it. It's like you had to say goodbye to your friend, but you couldn't hug your friend. Well, maybe we need to look for a friend tree nearby and give our tree a hug and say, Oh, I so wanted to give Sally a hug. It was so hard. You know, and again, that can turn into a little story. But the more with young children, the more we go to the problem and stay with the problem, the problem is going to grow bigger and can easily become a power struggle. Mm -hmm. And the story doesn't invite that. The story says, I see what is your challenge and we're gonna, I'm going to help you to transform it. So the story is used as a transformational tool. Right. We're not bogging ourselves down in the conflict. By using the story, I think we've seen this in a lot of different ways, it gives a useful kind of third-person narrative structure to the, the behavior that we'd like to see in our children and in ourselves. And by taking the attention off of you and me, you know, you need to do this, you've got to go now, and the resistance that can come from that, um, into these characters that actually grab our attention and communicate something in a softer way, kind of in a roundabout way, and yet communicate the same thing. That can be an extremely helpful tool as a parent um, to avoid those confrontations that often come up through these transitions. Yeah, and a story is just something you always have it with you. It doesn't matter if the toy store closes down. It doesn't matter if we can have whatever. We don't rely on anything but ourselves. So it's actually very empowering. And if you have more than one child at home, you'll see that the children will use that with each other. They will actually start to use the story element when it comes to sharing, when it comes to handing over a toy. Because there's even a transition in having to let go of your favorite truck 
and now your brother gets to play with it or your sister. Well, but I wanted it so badly. And so the story, again, can help to create that bridge. You know, yes, your play with the truck is coming to an end, but there's something else awaiting. Look. And isn't it wonderful that you were able to share? So again, transitions are actually part of our day. And then comes the bigger transition of the seasons. We're going from winter to spring. And we have seasonal festivals that can help us then to celebrate transitions. And our stories might become bigger. And maybe we do a big egg hunt around Easter celebrating spring and yeah more stories around that then story grows almost into a communal gift i think sometimes for for some of us as parents we feel like i i just can't do one more thing it's all i can do to um show up on time and pick my child up and get to the next thing you know and i'm tired and i'm a little worn out and it sounds really great to show up with this wonderful attitude and a story in my pocket and it's everything is so lovey-dovey. But honestly, I'm just, I'm tired. It's hard for me to do that. I think what we're getting at here, and it's hard, I think it's hard to recognize this at first because it does feel like another thing to do. And I don't want another thing to do as a parent. But by by showing up with that real presence and and helping give that story to the transition, we actually can save ourselves a lot of time in the long run. Because those moments that turn into conflicts, that turn into tantrums, that turn into a lengthy process of, you know, ramping up, finally hitting our climax, ramping back down, all the things that we need to do to reconnect with our children in the next 15, 20, 30 minutes to an hour, all that activity really eats up our time and attention. Even though it does feel like another layer of investment in kind of, ooh, okay, like I'm gonna, I need this story. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna help facilitate this transition in this way. In the long run, it actually can make things easier and smoother for us. Does that seem right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it actually will bring more quality to your own life. If you can embrace that, you will feel that there is actually a calmness that comes into life, in, especially in this fast-paced world. It will slow us down, and at the same time, it can speed things up because then we don't spend so much time in conflict. And I would also advise for parents who feel like, hmm, I don't know if I always have this story magic in me. You can also have get yourself a little puppet or a tiny little animal or something that you could have in your pocket. You know, give it a name. And it's in your hand. It's in your pocket. And it can help to tell the story if you need that. For some people, that helps to have something in their hand. It helps to actually believe that you can talk from this place of storyteller. It allows you to basically put on the hat of the storyteller. For some people, it helps to have something in their hand. Yeah. Okay, that, that was an interesting point too, because when you uh, what I actually thought you were going to say is, I thought you were going to say, 
you know, maybe a recorded audio story or a video or something like this, you know, some other form of story. Because of course, as parents, that's what a lot of us do. Hey, I know you don't want to go, but as soon as we get to the car, you get to, you get to watch a video on the way home. And then of course the child goes, oh, okay, fine. And, and actually that does work, right? And that, that, that can be useful. And I think that what we're suggesting is this, is that if you keep that story excitement between you and your child, not only can you kind of get the job done, but you're building connection in that moment. You're building this sweetness of connection. And it's like, yes, I've come and I've kind of interrupted your play date or, or it's the end of school time with your friends, but there's something rich that I'm bringing you here. I'm bringing you this story and I'm bringing you, I'm bringing you me. I'm, I'm really showing up for you. Yeah. The overall larger piece is more harmony and connection. And that's what storytelling can bring into our lives, especially in these transition moments. Could you give us an example of a story that you might use, let's say, a mother is going to pick up her son at a, at a friend's house, and the child has just had a wonderful day, and they're playing and is so engaged and having so much fun, and the son is still up, and they're having a hard time understanding why it is time to go, and actually they're being pretty obstinate in wanting to stay and play and run off with their friend. Yeah. Let's say I am the mother. And as a mother, it's a little bit different than being the teacher. That's the other thing, because I also have to say sometimes, if there's the emotional feeling of like, maybe the child doesn't want to go and and the child already senses my hesitation, then um, there's already something in our energy field. But I would then, I would go in and I would most likely sit down or greet the parent who is hosting the play date and say, oh, come over here, I have to show you something. It's really interesting. And I would sit on the floor, I would make myself actually small and inviting in, so I'm not the tall standing adult who is like, okay, time to go, but come over here. And I invite both of the boys who are in the play date, come over here, I want to show you something. Look what I brought along. There is a dinosaur. And look, he lived in my pocket. Oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe what that dinosaur told me on the way here. He told me about his best friend. His best friend, you would believe it, was a magpie. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Well... Dinosaur and magpie, they had a play date. And you know what? They made an agreement with each other. They said, we will never, ever say goodbye to each other. And if somebody tells us we have to, we will go and we'll hide in the cave. And no one will ever find us again. Well, dinosaur was little. And his mama called and said, oh, little dino, it's time to come home. And Magpie's mother shouted, Hey, little Magpie, time to come home. Boys, you wouldn't believe what they did. 
they hid in the cave. <gasps> and it got dark. Oh, and Dino Mama was worried and she looked everywhere and couldn't see. And Magpie Mama, she flew to the owls and helped me find my child. It's getting dark. I'm so worried. And all of a sudden, Dino and Magpie became so hungry because this cave was a nice hiding place, but there was no food in it. Oh, Dino looked at Magpie and said, you know what, I'm so hungry. I think Mama has some special leaves at home for me. And Magpie says, I think my mama had worms. I hope she'll still give them to me. I don't know if I can find my way back home tonight. It's too dark. All of a sudden, there was owl hooting. And owl said, hoo, hoo, Magpie, it's time to come home. Your mother is worried. And owl showed Magpie the way home. And Dino, he found his way too. And when he came home, his mother was very happy. And he felt actually really bad that he hadn't come when she called. The next day, when Dino saw Magpie again, Magpie said, you know what? I think we can play every day. We actually didn't need to hide because we get to have another play date again. Isn't that great that we're best friends? That's right, said Dino. And you know, my mama even gave me still food, even she was worried about me. And Magpie said, my mom got a little angry at me, but she still fed me. And she said, I'm allowed to come on another play date with you if I do come home. And she says, it's time to go. And you know what, boys? I'm so happy that you had a great play date. And just like Dino and Magpie, they get to have another playdate. I want you to have another playdate too. So it's time to go home for us now. And you get to choose if you want to be Dino or Magpie. Okay? Now that story was long enough that these children would have entered into the story away from their own play ideas. And also have been given a message you get to come back and play again. Mm -hmm. And that story, that was actually important. Yeah, I think that was a great example. And, and really, it only took about a minute or two minutes. And um, I think that everybody can see how that's so different from, hey, Chris, time to go home. <laughs> you know, um, there's a presence there. There's something that you're offering, that you're bringing in. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Any last words of wisdom? Just keep practicing. Don't, don't be afraid to just explore. See, it's like looking for treasures in the sand. You'll pick up a pebble and you know what to do with it. Mm. Yeah, keep practicing. Find what works. Allow the mistakes. It won't work every time. You won't feel like you, you did it every time. But in exploring that you'll find your way. Yeah. Thank you for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling 
from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, an acclaimed new book empowering parents across the world. A new edition is due out in over 50 countries from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt in June of 2021. You can find children's stories from Silka Rose West and Joseph Ceresi on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren, as well as tutorials, live Q&As, Patreon perks, and more. Or visit our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. A Story Village is a collection of children's stories by Silka Rose West, ages 3 to 7. Joseph Saracy's children's stories, The Storytelling Loop, is for children ages 5 to 10. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today.